Hello, this is Vincenzo Genovese, journalist in Brussels, where I follow European news. Today, we'll take a look at how the Schengen area, the border-free travel zone, is doing. A little spoiler, very bad. The Schengen area is de facto dead. Recently declared the president of the Austrian National Council, Wolfgang Sobotka. His words paint a clear picture of the situation facing one of the European Union's most remarkable achievements, freedom of movement between its member states. The border-free Schengen area guarantees free movement to more than 400 million people across 27 countries, 23 member states of the European Union plus four countries, Iceland, Norway, Switzerland and Liechtenstein that are members of the EFTA, the European Free Trade Association. Some exceptions are provided, allowing national governments to temporarily reintroduce controls at their borders for a maximum of six months. In the event of a serious threat to public policy or internal security, the Schengen Agreement reads, this should only be done as a last resort measure and in exceptional situations. This appears to be the case for many members at present. A third of Schengen states have now enacted passport controls at certain borders. Austria, Czechia, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Norway, Poland, Slovakia, Slovenia and Sweden, all citing varying motivations and justifications. Italy, for instance, recently introduced border controls with Slovenia for a period of 10 days following two terroristic attacks in France and Belgium. This measure addresses Italian government's concern regarding terrorists potentially hiding among migrants who irregularly cross its northeastern border 60,000 in 2023, as explained by Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani in a news shared by Radio 24. È una sospensione che noi abbiamo comunicato e che ha tempi It's a suspension with a limited time frame, also implemented by many other European Union countries, to prevent terrorists from roaming around Europe undisturbed. We close Schengen only on the border between Italy and Slovenia, precisely to prevent terrorists from arriving via the Balkan route, where intense arms trafficking also takes place. Since these terrorists could strike in our country or in the rest of Europe. However, the official justification given by Rome to the European Commission includes a number of different reasons, including the increased threat of violence within the EU following the attack on Israel, risk of possible terrorist infiltration, constant migratory pressure by sea and by land, increase in the central Mediterranean migratory flow. The other reasons given by member states for closing their borders show the same diversity. To name but a few, Norway sees threats to critical onshore and offshore infrastructures, justifying agent patrols on ferries docking at its port from other Schengen member countries. Austria cites high migratory pressure to reintroduce checks at its Czech border. Sweden includes Islamist terrorist threat, while Germany and Denmark mention the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Security concerns related to illegal migration flows are the most frequent justification. 
This is because secondary movements are still very common across the EU, despite the current rules. Many asylum seekers do not always respect their obligation to remain in the country of forced arrival, where they are registered and where their asylum application is examined. The stable ratio of decisions to applications suggests that in 2022 an increased number of asylum seekers moved from the first country of arrival to another to lodge a new application, reads the EU's latest asylum report. Although it does not provide any concrete data on this. It is easy to see that when a country like Austria, which has no borders with non-EU countries, took in 106,308 first-time asylum seekers last year, something must be wrong. The proof is in the case of Abdesalem Lassued, the Tunisian who killed two Swedish citizens in Brussels on the 16th of October. He arrived in Italy, but managed to travel to other countries, including Norway and Sweden, before arriving in Belgium. He was even sent back to the country where he first arrived, said Gunnar Stromer, Swedish Minister for Justice. Here is what he said before meeting his EU colleagues in Luxembourg on the 19th of October. The guy who was uh, then committing the crimes, uh, the terror uh, crimes in Belgium uh, on, uh, on Monday night, he was uh, deported from Sweden in 2010 as a Dublin case. Uh, and uh, since then he obviously has been able to, uh, to, to uh, uh, well, show up in different countries in the Union. Uh, and uh, so that also underscores, I think, that the Dublin system, the border control, uh, efficient return uh, systems, uh, sharing information between our member countries. Stommer refers to the Dublin regulation, which provides the framework for asylum rules in the EU. There are huge loopholes in its application, which are at the root of member states' concerns about maintaining the Schengen system more important controls and fewer possibilities for secondary movements seems to be their response. Beyond the current difficulties, exceptions to the regular operation of Schengen are becoming a trend, with 390 requests for suspension since 2006. Sylvie Guillaume, a French socialist member of the European Parliament, gave a clear example of how exceptions have become the norm. She is interviewed by my colleague Romain Lustis from Euradio. In France, in 2015, for reasons of terrorism, and I don't challenge this justification, it was a perfectly valid one at the time, it was decided to re-establish internal border controls with a certain number of countries and crossing points. Normally, in the face of this threat, these controls should have lasted six months. In 2022, these controls were still in place seven years. The vulnerability of the Schengen area of free movement to the vagaries of European migration policy and the regular exceptions made by member states to its smooth operation have made reform increasingly necessary. The member states reintroduced internal border controls, thereby completely disrupting the Schengen area, which is based roughly on the principle that as long as the external borders are properly guarded, there is free movement within the EU. 
So, as the European Commission did not really react to this anarchic and rather chaotic decision, it seemed indeed important to review the Schengen Borders Code. I must remind you that a previous attempt was made during the previous parliamentary term, but it was unsuccessful because no one was able to reach agreement. In December 2021, the European Commission presented a proposal to amend the Schengen Borders Code, the regulation established in 2016 that lays down the rules governing checks at the EU's internal and external borders. This reform, which is closely entwined with migration issues, would introduce changes to the current rules, including a new legal framework for external border measures in the event of a health crisis and alternative measures to border controls. What's more, the European Commission and Parliament want to reduce member states' room for manoeuvre in deciding when to reintroduce border checks, says MEP Guillaume, who is the Assembly's rapporteur on this dossier. Firstly, a maximum duration of the controls is being reintroduced, meaning that during the negotiation with the member states, we were told that there should be no limits to internal border controls and it would be exclusively up to the member states to decide on this. But this contravenes European law. And in April last year, the Court of Justice of the European Union ruled very specifically and very clearly that controls could not be repeated all the time. So, we are setting dates. The European Council has adopted its general approach in June 2022, while the plenary of the European Parliament is expected to give its final blessing to the report drafted by the same MEP Sylvie Guillaume, in order to open interinstitutional dialogue and agree on a final text. However, the date and details of this reform are uncertain, with the European Parliament and the Member States holding very divergent views on the subject. One of the bones of contention is the so-called instrumentalization of migrants, defined in the text as a situation in which a third country or non-state actor encourages or facilitates the movement of third country nationals toward the EU's external borders or to a member state, in order to destabilize them, a situation experienced at the border with Belarus. The disposition was withdrawn from the Parliament's text on the grounds of its limited relevance to the rules governing the proper functioning of the Schengen area, according to MEP Sylvie Guillaume. We are asking that countries, when they are not using the internal border control system, be authorized to have different systems. That is to say, joint patrols for irregular migrants. But we have controlled this approach very strictly, so that the joint patrols in question do not go out looking for all the people crossing the borders. So we have set very clear limits. Once again, the Schengen dossier is suffering from the flows of the Pact on Migration due to their deep interconnection. The EU institutions are aiming to finalize the latter by the end of the year, so for the future of the Schengen area there may be a light at the end of the tunnel. Romania's and Bulgaria's struggle to assess the free borders area will be the topic of the next episode of Voices from Brussels. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to share it or rate it. And stay tuned.